0: This content is brought to you by Discover Long Island, the official tourism promotion agency representing Long Island, New York. Enjoy iconic summers at world-class beaches, glamorous Gatsby-inspired mansions, award-winning wine country, legendary history, and cultural attractions. Known globally as the home of the Hamptons, Long Island, New York is where you belong for year-round fun and excitement. Visit discoverlongisland.com and tune into the Long Island Tea Podcast for inspiration fueled by Long Island Wines.
1: Welcome back to episode two of the C-Suite Tea, where we spill the tea on um, making sure that you are achieving professional and personal success. I'm Kristen.
0: And I'm Sharon. Yes. Welcome
1: back. Thank you. And, uh, you know, hopefully coming to you with some C-Suite advice on moving up in your career and what it takes to be successful and Shedding some light on today's workforce, which is very different than it was even just a few years ago.
0: 100. percent. Yeah. So,
1: um, and we've got some good topics coming at you. So, before we start, please make sure that if you like this podcast, you are leaving us a five star review mm-hmm. um, because it really does help other people find podcasts like this. And we also want to hear your feedback. You can go to C Sweet Tea on Instagram uh, and DM us your comments or your questions or topics that you'd like us to cover.
0: Yeah, we would love your feedback and we would definitely want questions and comments because it helps us create the topics
1: exactly i mean sharon and i could talk all day yeah you know but no uh, but it may not be what you want to hear about so make sure you go to c sweet T and that's c hyphen s-u-i-t-e-t-e-a i hope i spelled that right okay great so uh interesting topic today sharon um and the topic is leadership traits what does it take to be a true leader in today's workforce mm-hmm. or what are what do people think that it takes and what are some of the myths out there and I think what it takes to be successful yeah right exactly and and but not just to be successful because you don't necessarily have to be successful to be or to be a leader to be successful right right, right. but if you want to be in a leadership role there are specific traits it turns out through you know studies that we're going to talk about today that Every single leader really um, entails, and so it's important to know. Like, is this is this in your personality? Is right. this something you want to do? Even right because.
0: A it, comes with
1: a, it comes with a lot of baggage it being does. a leader. It does. You know, and, you easy. know,
0: I think it's, we've had this conversation before and not everybody wants to be a leader and that's okay. Exactly. You know, as long as you are successful in your own career path and, and where you want to see it go, absolutely, you're, you'll be fine.
1: As a society, you know, uh, we're in the hospitality industry, for mm-hmm. example, and we know that hospitality workers at every level are needed For the organization and the industry to be successful, so every single person plays an integral role Mm -hmm. in what you're doing uh, in your career and in your um, path. But if you are interested in being a leader, which some people are, and then they realize, like, wow, maybe I'm you know, I I can improve in these ways, or maybe I'm just not up for this. Right, and I'm just going to be happy. Perfectly, (laughs) uh, that comes with a lot of baggage. (laughs) It does. So I I was thinking, so. I think if we just were to go over some of the traits that people would immediately assume are required for leadership, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And I wanted to get your opinion on these. So I would think, like, first of all, strategic thinking. Yes. Thinking in a strategic way. And and this sounds easy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, strategic thinking. But it's a very different mindset of thinking than it is – you know operative and being in the operations and being like a grinder and somebody that you know checks things off their list and gets things done and someone that is really understanding the why
0: right and and then implementing the why in different ways that, that somebody else wouldn't you know as far as strategic thinking you're thinking in a, in a, in a way that is outside of the box right. you know you're you're really getting granular and thinking of every aspect that could hit yeah any topic and there's
1: there's just a very big difference I think and and I've seen this in a lot of people that go into some of our higher level positions Mm -hmm. throughout our careers that are really good at their job and doing what they do Mm -hmm. but if you don't understand the bigger picture of the organization Mm -hmm. and some of the political things that are going on outside, if you can't see the forest from the trees right then you're not understanding what's in the minds of your bosses and the C-suite level because they have to be looking at everything. Uh, You can't just do your job and say, I'm the best at my job, and this is why I should be this. You know, being a strategic thinker is stepping away from the operations um, and really understanding the overall picture, and you know what? Maybe there's a reason why we're doing less of this and more of this. And the it's, cause and effect. Yeah, it's and it's a bigger it's a bigger scope. I think um, written and verbal communications critical. Critical.
0: I think that's critical in every
1: role. I th- well, not always. We have a lot of people in our organization that are quiet. Yes. You know that yeah. maybe are introverts, and that's okay. And that doesn't mean you're not going to be uh, you know great in your level and still be successful. Sure. But I think. Communication is key in, in every aspect. That's true. Communication is key for personal success, I mm-hmm. would say, certainly. But I think to be a leader, if you can't communicate to your stakeholders right. and to your team and have them understand the vision mm-hmm. and really, um, and written and oral, I mean, it's a, some the emails that I get I know. these days. Yeah. Um, I'm like, hey, I'm <laughs> like, they don't know. No. <laughs> Don't start your email with, hey.
0: Right, exactly. Um, Especially to your CEO or, is, right.
1: you know. I mean, and understanding just professionalism in your communication and, and fact-checking yourself mm-hmm. and, again, being able to articulate your thoughts and also know when to not communicate right. in a meeting is right. almost sometimes as important.
0: I think so, too. And I think that, you know, back to the communication aspect, I think when you're you're, you're relying on your deliverance, right, whether it's written or oral. You have to have the backup for what you're stating or what you're presenting and and the cause and effect, again, you know, yeah. and you're really why.
1: You're right. There's a lot of people and uh, that are great communicators but don't have a lot of substance underneath that. Absolutely. So I think people are always looking for that because yeah. of politics today, you yeah. know. So they're looking – you have to have the substance, but then – being able to communicate it because you you may have the best idea and the best vision in the world but if you're not communicating it in a way where people are buying into that Mm -hmm. vision then you're never going to be that leader that you want to be so there are a lot of there are a lot of places where there's a lot of webinars um there's a lot of classes there's great you know toastmasters there's a lot of there's a lot of great um opportunities Mm -hmm. to hone those skills Mm -hmm. if you're interested in doing that but you have to get out there and practice yeah I have a lot of, we've had a lot of people in our organization say, I want to get better at presentations and mm-hmm. speaking publicly. I'm like, great. What are you doing about that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are you, you know, are you going to rotaries? Are you doing, are you signing up for, you know, meetings where you can have a platform to speak? And mm-hmm. it starts somewhere.
0: It does start somewhere. And it, and we've had experience with some employees that have been asked to be on a panel or to, to present at a conference and, you know some employees are like skittish and they don't want to do it Mm -hmm. and then there's others that will nail it and, you know, be perfect at it and it comes so naturally and easy to them. It's just, yeah, I think it's about, you know, How much of it it you want?
1: It is. And and I think a lot of it is just practice. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I've heard a lot of uh, kids today, and I say kids because I'm like talking literally about my kids, Mm -hmm. not not just younger people, but that say, oh, I I get anxiety. Mm -hmm. I can't speak in public because I get anxiety. I'm like, everybody gets anxiety. Yeah, The most amazing professional speakers and people on the news and on national television and TED Talkers. If you're not getting anxiety right before you're speaking, you're not excited and passionate enough in that moment. Everybody's going to feel that way. So you've got to learn. And there's a lot of techniques. And there's, again, a lot of books and podcasts that can help you with this. Yeah,
0: we had somebody in here um, in our office kind of doing like a little training on that for our staff. And one of the things they said was to practice your presentation in the mirror. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Just talk to yourself in the mirror and practice, present. practice,
1: and breathing. There's a lot of breathing mm-hmm. techniques you can do um, to calm your anxiety before speaking. And so, again, just look into some of these. Yeah. You know, um, they're they're all over the internet, so feel free. And if you want to hear more about those kinds of things, you know, feel free to DM Sharon and I, and we can elaborate on that. Um, another one I think is so important, especially today in today's a lot of times hybrid or remote workforce, mm-hmm. but a lot of it has been lost. And I think it's collaboration. Yes. Collaboration really suffered during, you know, during our new work season of like hybrid or remote. And collaboration is so important, because I always say, leaders aren't leaders without followers. Right,
0: right. (laughs) Like you said earlier, the buy ins, you know, and I think that you're right, it was lost. But I think we found a, a sweet spot. You know with uh, with our team mm-hmm. to have that the collaboration and really work we've always been team oriented yeah. and everything like that, but I think you know we found that sweet spot that that works for our team,
1: yeah, and you have to do that with your own organization, but I really think you know collaborating within a team is so important and um, not just doing your work and making your work shine, mm-hmm. but also making sure that What you're doing is supporting the organization and the organization's vision, first of all. Again, going back to understanding that why. Mm -hmm. Um, But also making sure that your colleagues understand what you're doing and how you can help them and vice versa. Um, A lot of people, you know, we've heard a lot of people lately go, oh, I'm doing so much. And I'm, you know, my workload and my Mm -hmm. this. I'm like, everybody's workload Mm -hmm. is crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you communicating what you're doing over everyone else is not what I'm saying, but understanding how what you do helps your team right. and how what they do helps you. yes, And yeah. that's how you'll get people to support you and to help you with your mission and to, you know, praise you to mm-hmm. the office. But it's not, you know, there's never just one person that's going to shine in a team. You really, even if you're the CEO, the, the you don't get to be the CEO or the COO without building that collaboration of your team Absolutely. and having them support your efforts. Because if, if we were up here um, without our team, you know, understanding what we're doing and how it's hopefully benefiting them and how we're here to support them. they Why would they do their work for us all? Right. Why would they come in and right. grind for us every day? Right. You know, exactly. why are, they're, they're here for a reason because you have to communicate that. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then the last one I, I kind of wrote down was absorbing constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. And listen, just because we say that these are things that are needed in leaders doesn't mean that we're not culprits of, you know, failing on some of these things. Because I think that's one of the hardest things to do is absorb criticism. And I think that constructive.
0: Yes, (laughs) I I think that there are people out there that do it very well with poise. And, you know, um, but then there's people like beat yourself up over it and mm-hmm. you know and you you go into that dark rabbit hole of what have I done what can I do better what you know and even getting that constructive criticism sometimes isn't helpful to those kinds
1: of people you know what right. I mean
0: I think that um you're right it has to it, it's definitely a it's, number it's of,
1: not an easy thing but it's what you need to grow yeah it and we all get it yeah that no matter what level you're at Everyone gets criticized, I think even more so at the top, yeah. because you're, you're more high front. profile, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so you're getting it from more places. And uh, I think I sent you that meme a couple of years ago, and it was like, um, someone says, can I just give you a little bit of feedback, constructive criticism? And, and you're like, "Already, me already crying, sure. Let's hear it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know? And it's because we care so yes. much. You care, I- you're so passionate about it. But honestly, if you take the time to listen, mm-hmm. You can always glean something valuable out of that, and people are taking the time to share with you yes. at whatever level you are. So, the one thing I would say is absorbing constructive criticism in the spirit that it's given to you, and making sure you translate that into some changes. So many people, you know, are defensive,
0: right? Exactly. Immediately defensive, exactly.
1: or think you know oh, they don't they don't know, they don't they're know what they're I'm talking. Yeah. yeah, they don't understand, or mm-hmm. you know. But if if you just take a minute to listen to what they're saying and not that every criticism is going to be correct right but um but i, I think it's feedback that's, nonetheless it's very valuable and someone's giving you the, their time mm-hmm. to share that with you so if you accept it in the spirit that it's given even though that's not easy mm-hmm. i think that's how you grow and
0: i think one more to add to the list is listen yeah in general you know, right. listen to your team, listen to your your co-workers, your colleagues, whether it's feedback of constructive c- criticism or just what's going on in the day to day or the operations or, you know, what's going on in, in their workload and really listening and, and coaching.
1: Yeah, this is huge. Well, we how many times have we said it, Sharon, when in, in board meetings or in, you know, Uh, groups of you know a bunch of high profile people that are all leaders in their field and the the smartest one the one whose voice carries the most weight at the end of the day is the quietest one yes right Mm -hmm. the one that doesn't take every opportunity to speak but listens and then when they do speak it's so much more impactful, impactful Yes. Yeah. because people are like, Oh, whatever, whatever he or she said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think those are great, you know, those are all great traits. However, uh, today's episode, which I think is interesting is what is the one trait that the majority of leaders, according to a recent study have that, um, that, in, and this is a study that was done by Inc.com hmm and we'll put it in the notes, and it was uh, researchers analyzed 2,600 CEOs. Mm-hmm. They did 13,000 hours of research, um, and the article talks about uh, these these authors, actually, who um, Alina Botello and Kim Powell, who are authors of the New York Times bestseller, The CEO Next Door, mm-hmm. and they did this incredible study, and they came out with the one trait that was synonymous with every leader. You know what it was? Mm. It was relentless reliability. Say that three times faster. Relentless Relentless reliability.
0: reliability. (laughs) And I cannot agree with that more. Really? I mean, it's just something that as a leader, I mean, you've gotten to this point in your life now. You've succeeded to where you want to be. You want to be that leader. And it's done so by being reliable. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think... That is a hundred percent true.
1: I agreed with it. I, I I was wondering when I read the article what w- what was that one trait gonna going to be, and I think relentless reliability, especially, you know, from being the the high level looking down at your team and saying, what is the one thing I need for this entire team to be successful that we all should be doing, and I and being reliable is key. And mm-hmm. you know what I found was interesting is what was not important or what was not an important trait. Um, that only was education. Wow. And we sort of talked about this the last time. Yeah. Uh, Only 7% of the respondents had an Ivy League education and 8% didn't graduate from college at all. Wow. Right. And so again, this is an opportunity for people to listen and to to take this feedback and say, wow, it doesn't matter what my education is if I'm willing to really provide the reliability and, and, and understand what my organization needs from me, mm-hmm. and be that person that can be counted on. And I think another way to interpret that is trust.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: accountability. Trust is so important. Mm-hmm. It is. And fragile. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> and and I think, you know, we were talking about this earlier when we were planning for the episode, and, and be holding yourself accountable, holding your teammates accountable when necessary. And, and I think that... Is 100% true as far as a top leader you know you that's why you are where you are because you've held yourself accountable whether it's you know um, positively or negatively throughout your career and I think that that stands for reliability
1: and there's a couple of ways to interpret this and to to Ex- to um, expose this and also to get these traits, mm-hmm. so um, really interesting. I thought it was uh, what that means. What does relentless reliability means, and what it means is delivering on what is expected of you and what you promise to do. Mm-hmm. People that did that were fifteen times more likely in this study to be considered high performing, and um, so I think you know that's that's how you gain success. And there were they said there were four steps mm-hmm. on how to become relentlessly reliable and how to get these traits and it starts with a, a reliability mindset
0: mm-hmm.
1: right so just understanding what what that means and paying attention to being that person if that's what you want to do um and when you say you're going to do something do it and that sounds so easy mm-hmm. right yes but one of the key traits of that in this being that part of this mindset is when you're given a task make sure you communicate early hmm whether or not you're going to be able to do that task. And deliver, exactly. And if for whatever reason mm-hmm. you're in the process and it's not going on the timeline that you promised or it's not going the way you promised, you should communicate that mm-hmm. early yeah. and clearly because one of the, the quote from the article was, no update is an update. Yes, 100%. And so don't think that just because you're not updating right your bosses on this that they're not wondering, you know, where is it? Right. What is going on with this project? Right. And when, when you start to have to wonder is when you start to lose that relentless trust. reliability and trust. Yes, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So just understanding and communicating before you sign on to do something, can I can I, you know, do that? And and it kind of goes <clears throat> to the next step, which is set realistic expectations. Yes. So be I be realistic. Be realistic. Mm-hmm. I remember I've had, you know, um, we I'm sure we've all had great people that we've worked with and for in mm-hmm. our careers. And I remember when I was first starting out, um, I was a coordinator and th- this woman was a manager and we were reporting to our director, right? You have all these levels. levels. And um, I was so hungry, right, to, to do everything. And I was like, I would always, yes, 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 I can do it. And then I was there till you know, eleven o'clock yeah. at night every night. But I was young. So you know you could I, was, be, yeah. I was young and I was in my twenties and that's what I wanted to spend my time doing. And I for me I wanted to soak up every opportunity. But I remember specifically in a couple of our meetings and the director would say, you know, uh, I need this done or this task or this newsletter or whatever. And she would always Ask you know, go to the manager first, mm-hmm. and this manager, I it used to frustrate me so badly, and but then I really learned from her because she would at that time very carefully and clearly go through all of the tasks that she already had on her plate. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, if you would like me to do that, just so you know, I'm currently working on this, XYZ. this, mm-hmm. this, and this. These are uh, this is where I'm at with these things. This is how much longer it's going to take. So if you want me to do that, I'm happy to. But where would you like? that to fall in this and then I would always be like I can do it <laughs> You know, <laughs> I got it I got it um but I really do think communicating your workload and understanding you know and making sure your your superior knows what that workload is yeah. and what it entails because then they then, then they almost also might start to say like why is it taking you so long right exactly <laughs> not understanding
0: what you have you know? on your plate
1: but I think you know I remember thinking like that is so annoying that she would do that but then I really started to emulate that in a way that hey, I shouldn't be doing all of these things and I'm not I'm not doing them as well as I could right. if I was actually prioritizing and communicating the workload. Yeah. Um so I learned a lot from that process.
0: And I think like, you know, it goes again back to communication, you know, and that it's everywhere. I think when you're when you yourself are sitting there with your r- workload and you want to take on more and you want to be able to shine and and be that fostering person uh, to get this going I think communicating everything from top to bottom you you're working on this as my manager my boss you know I'm working on this helping to prioritize with each other Mm -hmm. is is super helpful
1: it really is I mean the the first line of this this article again is reliability begins with making reasonable commitments Mm -hmm. and so because if you if you Commit to something that you're not going to be able to do or do on time, you start to lose the trust. Yeah. And it's once trust is lost, it's so hard to it's regain. So hard. It really is. Um and but everybody, everybody wants that team member or that boss mm-hmm. or that coworker, you know, that you can trust yeah. to get done what they're gonna what they say they're gonna do. Um so I think it's really it's important that you are realistic and you understand what the workload is. You communicate it at the beginning, mm-hmm. not when it's the deadline day. Right. And then come back and say, Oh gosh, I couldn't I couldn't do it for all these reasons. Right. No. At the beginning or throughout the process as you realize that's, what's going on yeah. and things maybe maybe have worked out differently than you thought they were going to. Um, and then this is where this is one that's hard for me, Sharon. Um, be on time. <laughs> This is this is uh, this is where I have a weakness is mm. being on time and and it's showing up on time obviously you know it it lets people know that their time is as valuable as yours. Yes, exactly. Right? You're not no one's more important than the other person. Right. It doesn't matter what your title is. Right. Everyone's valuable, but um but it's the problem is like advanced planning is that you try to pack I try to pack too much into my schedule yeah. all the time. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that's the uh, pitfall of being at this level is you're, you're jamming your schedule with all these meetings and things like that because everything is important, right? You're mm-hmm. running an organization and um, everybody's time is important, like you said. But you're on time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's a weakness. I
1: tr- I've really, st- but it's a struggle. Yeah. I mean, you really have to bake in the time I Mm -hmm. think there was definitely you know there's definitely times in in my career that have fluctuated and honestly I feel like uh, the Zoom culture has really corrected a lot of that yeah because you used to be able to walk into a, a a sneak mean, in, you know, five, 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. late, and everybody was used to that. Mm-hmm. But now you can't leave someone hanging on a Zoom on a computer, for five minutes, right? That's offensive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know? and, and they're it's, literally
0: sitting there waiting.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and they're staring at the clock yeah. waiting for you. So I think the zoom culture has actually really helped with that. It's helped me yeah. with that I can tell you that. And then, you know, just like anything practice, right? So you have to practice these habits every day. Mm-hmm. So that's the fourth step is practice reliable habits daily. And then you know that that's when it becomes a routine. Is making sure that you're consistent and and being on time is just one example. But um, it, I think that's a dri- it's a driver of leaders to to really care and to be that person in the organization that everyone feels like they can come to, even if you're not the one that's going to do the work, even if right. it's not a realistic commitment. Right. To be able to say, absolutely, uh, here's what I think needs to happen for this. Mm-hmm. I. I That I can't do it right now, or I'd have to take these other things off my plate. But being that one person that everyone wants to come to, it really shows that you're you've got the trust of the organization, and that's how you move up. Yeah, because you become invaluable. Yes,
0: exactly. And I think you know the reliability is there for not only your team but your stakeholders, your buy-ins, like we talked about. I think everybody has that person, like Mm -hmm. you said, that they trust and they want. But when you have people buying into what you're. Selling, quote unquote, mm-hmm. you know, it's that reliability and, and the trust that's that's fostered.
1: You're exactly right, and so this is, like we said, it's not necessarily education uh, that's going to propel you in your career. Mm-hmm. It's more emotional intelligence, yeah, it's right, crazy. and understanding what people expect of you and being able to be the person that that delivers as promised. Yes,
0: absolutely, right. And it's funny because I did a little research and preparing too, as far as when we talked about the topic, what we were going to talk about today, and I found. There's a reason why, success, well, not necessarily successful, but CEOs are, have that trait in common, and it's because this Harvard Business Review study okay. uh, was conducted in 2006, I believe, where they did a study on what CEOs actually do all day. So let's, they,
1: they, let's hear it.
0: They tracked how 27 CEOs, only two of them were women and 25 were men, of companies with an average annual uh, revenue of $13.1 billion spent their days. Um, on average, they worked 9.7 hours per work per weekday, which totals just about 48.5 hours per work week. They also worked 79% of their weekend days.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that is, I mean, and Sharon, again, you – As the COO, you are the operation, right? You're in the operations. Mm -hmm. And so you can, you're oftentimes a lot of the buffer between the staff and the CEO. Yes. And the CEO is the person that is out and about and doing, you know, not in the office during the regular office right, hours right. you know because you know the ceo is is in touch with the ceo mm-hmm. like on a consistent basis you know the schedule you know the inner workings you're getting the phone calls on the side from people but i think from a lot of the staff especially like entry-level staff mm-hmm. I, they don't know and right. they, they're right. they they are, see you see the ceo out, come in and yeah. they're, they're like oh and they're going to lunch again or they're doing this and you're like it's crazy. Yeah, you don't realize how much of your the personal time goes into that. Your
0: personal time, exactly. Seventy nine percent of the weekend days, seventy um, percent of your vacation days mm-hmm. is spent, on average of two point four hours on those days. And altogether, the study found that CEOs worked on average a sixty two and a half hours a
1: week. Uh, it's so. It's just one of those things that you know you don't realize, and even I think even people that work closely with COO, coos and CEOs don't realize until you're in that position. How much it really does take of your personal yeah. time? I mean, I was on a recent vacation, <clears throat> and uh, I mean, <laughs> we did. We were literally leaving that day. We didn't even get to the ski resort. Right, mm-hmm. we're going to the resort, and uh, we're trying to check in. And I had to take a call, and I'm in the lobby because I couldn't go anywhere. I didn't have the Wi-Fi of the Service. resort yet. Yes. So I'm hanging out in the lobby, and my entire family is sitting in the car waiting, like to figure out so we can drive the car the location. To un- yeah. And you know it's it's hard it's hard it and, is, you know because they're they're like mom hurry up you're on vacation get right, off the phone I'm right like, i i'm not going to be able to do anything for the rest of the day if i don't do this if this is not concluded <laughs> you know? exactly so.
0: it's funny they say that ceos struck a balance between work and personal time with 31 percent of their time was spent working 10 percent commuting 25 percent was personal time whether they were they were awake but not working including family time and downtime 29% was spent sleeping. On average, they clocked 6.9 hours a night, which...
1: That sounds luxurious. Yeah,
0: I was going to say that to you. I'm a, <laughs> and 5% was spent on vacation. I, I just think, you know, these studies are so real. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're using real people. Um, they did this study. They conducted it for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for three months. So... In, in fifteen minute increments, so like they would take fifteen minutes out of out of the CEO's day, and you know ask them what they're doing at that yeah. moment. Sixteen um, percent of the organization uh, they spent sorry twenty five percent of their work is spent on people and relationships, twenty five percent on functional and business unit reviews, sixteen percent on the organization and culture, and twenty one percent on strategy. Only three percent of their work is spent on professional development. Oh, interesting. interesting. That is
1: interesting. It's, it's so hard to carve out the time for professional development. But I think, you know, I definitely try to do that because I am always in the process of learning. And, um, and I love the opportunities to get to learn from my peers. Yes, but it is hard. And, you know, going back to what you said about relationship building, it's so interesting to, to your team or to the coworkers. it might feel like, Oh, just lunch and oh, they're lunching again. Yeah, and, and um, I can't tell you and it, it, how important that is. I mean, in the political realm, you know, in my previous job, I was a lobbyist, and you would think, oh, every Thursday when I'm you know at this local restaurant hanging out with the chief of staff from somebody having you know their Thursday because they just flew back from D.C. Right. and that was the time I could spend with them. It look it looks like oh we're just getting together and having a glass of wine but you're what you're doing is you're establishing a relationship mm-hmm, with that person mm-hmm. and that trust and that way you know when you call them they pick up your call exactly i mean i can't tell you how many times i would call somebody and say and all the lobbyists are trying to call them for some you know for some reason but they're going to pick up the call of the person that they know and we just experienced that in our own our own organization where we you know we're able to reach out in a moment's notice and people have people write letters of support or give testimony yes. and that doesn't happen without years of relationships being Building. established exactly where you can have people react or mobilize quickly and that's what you know everything is relationship-based yes
0: and it goes down to that reliability factor you know um, the study also found that ceos value FaceTime 61% of their communication is face to face while only 24% is electronic. So the relationship building.
1: Yep. And that's why it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of days when, you know, I really relish the work from home days that we have because I can actually do a lot of the the actual work that I need (laughs) to do
0: email checking. Exactly. (laughs) And,
1: and writing of, you know, responding to whatever that, that is out there as far as deadlines, because when we're here in the office, You know, my office is like a revolving Revolving door, door. and there's people hovering outside waiting for the next person to come in, and that's that's what it should be. Yes, you know, it's I want that. Mm -hmm. I want people to come in and use the time when I'm here to talk to me Mm -hmm. and ask me questions and have access and say this is what I need to do because that's what the team needs. you know, they all that's required Mm -hmm. for the trust of for them to have the trust in me too, absolutely, to be able to have access. So I I did not see that. I totally agree with that. That that's so important. The FaceTime is critical and, and and it doesn't look like they're the CEOs, the, the people at that top are doing that work. Right. But it's just every day, all day. All day. You know? <laughs> but it but that's why, you know, it's always about loving what you do. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my kids, as long as you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. You never work. have to work a day in your life. Well, I wouldn't say that. That's like, let's, <laughs> let's <be real. laughs> I do know about that. But uh, you know, it, it's really important to understand the why, the purpose, you know, to have that purity of purpose mm-hmm. and feel like you're accomplishing something and what you're doing is making a difference and a positive difference. Absolutely. And if you feel that way, like, uh, you know, we are lucky enough to, it's, it's great to be in this role. I would say that, um, Reliability uh, is rare these days, mm-hmm. so I think this is a really poignant topic because, especially right now, in the current workforce culture, which is really um, glamorizing doing the minimum, mm-hmm. right? Doing the minimum for your salary, yes. and and I think, um, and listen, if that's what people want to do, that's that's you know your prerogative. But what it means is those people that are exemplifying this reliability and this relentless reliability you're going to rise up that much quicker because you're going to stand out from the crowd of the minimalists, Mm -hmm. you know? And you're really, it it shouldn't be rare, but it is. And so, you know, hopefully this is something that people that really want to move up in their organizations can take to heart and um, and implement for your success. Yeah. I thought, I think that was a great topic. I love talking about it because, you
0: know, we talk about what we go through on a daily basis but it it shows that you know this is the core uh to the to the core yeah and this is what everybody's
1: looking for and again these days like i said it's not that hard to stand yeah. out yeah right now so, so everyone true. that's looking to move up in your careers you've got it you you're in a good you're in a good position so mm-hmm. thanks for tuning in uh make sure you tune in to the c-suite uh Instagram to find out when we're launching our next episode. Yeah, we're still still playing around with it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And um, and if you have topics you'd like us to cover, let us know. And thanks to uh, Discover Long Island for the sponsorship. Yes. See you next time.
0: This content is brought to you by Discover Long Island, the official tourism promotion agency representing Long Island, New York. Enjoy iconic summers at world-class beaches, glamorous Gatsby-inspired mansions, award-winning wine country, legendary history, and cultural attractions. Known globally as the home of the Hamptons, Long Island, New York is where you belong for year-round fun and excitement. Visit discoverlongisland.com and tune into the Long Island Tea Podcast for inspiration fueled by Long Island Wines.